Migration is an issue that keeps coming to the top of the political and policy agenda these days. One moment you'll hear tabloid scares about Polish pregnancies, the next day broadsheets carry more sober accounts about the economy's essential need for more specialist skilled migrants as our population growth slows. The simple fact is that migration is nothing new and is here to stay. The numbers of people relocating within the UK, moving within Europe and indeed migrating around the world is increasing year on year. It would be difficult for anyone to predict when this upwards trend will plateau or whether it might more distantly actually go into reverse. But there are at the heart of the debate about migration a number of paradoxes. The first is that we all, in these days of carbon consciousness, need to think local. We make decisions every day about whether we really need to travel. More of us work from home. We worry about our food miles as well as our local communities. But even as we think local in that respect, the world is becoming more global. More trade, more internationalisation of culture and, of course, more migration. This paradox leads some wholly erroneously in my opinion, to be prejudiced against migrants. Local jobs for local people, local housing for local people, they argue. But I want to advance the totally opposite argument. I want to explain why we should celebrate our diversity and embrace the future rather than run away from it in fear. I think we must start by acknowledging that migration is by no means a new phenomenon. Although in each generation it takes differing forms, migration is probably one of the few universal facts about our restless world. People, for any number of reasons, are always on the move. To work, to study, to pursue their hopes and dreams, to live without persecution. One only has to think of Britain's northwest region, where I live, to see that migration has been a strong building block of its current identity. Irish people moved to Merseyside and beyond. People of Asian heritage, African Caribbeans, Chinese and many more have come to this region. And these are just the waves of migration over the last few hundred years. If you look back further, then I wager we are all the descendants of migrants. Certainly, when the Northwest Regional Assembly undertook research last year for its annual Celebrate Don't Discriminate Festival, it found there were people from 150 of the 190 nations in the world living in the region. We also managed to assemble people from all 32 countries playing in the World Cup in 2006. We should also acknowledge that migration is not just a one-way street. Although it's the case that economic migration is predominantly from poor countries to richer ones, we should not forget that all of us enjoy the rights that allow Poles and in years to come Bulgarians and Romanians to move around the European Union and in their case find work. There is hardly a night these days when some TV programme or other is not teaching us how to find and set up home across Europe. An increasing number of businesses will have European operations and employees from Britain will move to other countries to work. And of course, increasing numbers consider Southern Europe as a retirement destination, in much the same way that New Yorkers dream of retiring to Florida. I would not want you to think from the foregoing that I'm complacent about some of the causes of migration. In fact, as the New Economics Foundation pointed out in a recent report, 
When the motivation is devastating global inequality and war, as is often the case, there's a critical need to examine and if at all possible alleviate these causes. We should probably also begin to face up to the fact that the next wave of migration, those people fleeing environmental collapse in the wake of climate change, may begin sooner rather than later. We should try and mitigate this too, of course, but my thesis is that notwithstanding efforts to reduce global inequality, war and environmental damage, we should start any debate about migration by accepting many parts of the UK are not just diverse now, they always have been. Yes, undoubtedly the current pattern of economic migration is different from the last. Instead of being from the southern half of the world, it's mostly from Eastern Europe. And instead of being initially single men, it's now just as likely to be women or whole families from day one. Instead of being often recruited for a specific purpose, such as building our canals and railways in the 19th century, many modern migrants arrive with a range of skills and opportunities. And we should acknowledge the benefit that migrants bring, and indeed always have brought. Economic benefits as well as cultural and social. Yes, it's true that many migrants end up doing work that local people will not do. But they're often some of the more talented people with a range of skills, which can often be better employed than just supporting the service economy. The New Economics Foundation report called this brain waste. Through entrepreneurialism, migrants can make a wider contribution to job growth and opportunities for others. Realising that potential is a major challenge, and too often discrimination can hold people back into underskilled jobs. But we should also acknowledge that migration poses challenges for policymakers. I'll name three. Challenges around language and making services accessible. Challenges about making sure that the market does not exploit migrants or undercut wages, thereby disadvantaging indigenous peoples. And lastly, there's the challenge of ensuring tolerance and compassion. Because whilst humans have a heartfelt capacity for both, they are also prone to tribalism and parochialism. This other second paradox, or human contradiction, also underpins much of the current debate.